Welcome to track number 7 of Mission South Africa. So I want us to go through the advantages of church planting. The advantages of church planting. I want to see by hand, by show of hand, those who are desiring to start churches. We want God to use you to start a church, to plant a church, to move with a friend, to start a church. Let me see your hand. All right. How many of you are believing God that somebody will go? Not you, but someone will go. <laughs> right. Now, the first, the first advantage. What is the first advantage? You will have what? Wow. Do you want to have favor with God? You see, to have favor with God means to be someone that God is happy with. To be someone that God wants to help. To be someone that God wants to bless. To be someone who is on God's mind. That if God was to choose between you and someone to help, He would choose you. Wow. And the scripture from Revelations 3.8 I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. That is the favor. Amen. And no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Amen. You see, God, when God sees you, He sees you as someone who can do his work. He sees you as someone who can work for him. Somebody who can plant a church. And when God sees you doing that, because it is God's work, planting of churches, pastoring a church. In fact, Jesus said, I will build my church. So the church is not for you. It is God's work. Anytime you see a church, the real owner of the church is who? So, when you find yourself doing God's work, change of microphone. Hallelujah. When you find yourself doing God's work, you actually place yourself in a position where God also does your work for you. So the things in your life that you are unable to do, God also takes over. Because God himself is unable to come to the earth to enter a church and to pastor a church. So when he finds you doing what he cannot personally come to do, then he also begins to do for your life what you personally cannot do. 
How many of you have got things that you can't do? Things, problems, issues that you can't solve. And when you, when you plant a church, when you are involved, you see, anybody who is involved in church work is directly working for God. In any capacity, once you are inside the church, working in the church, you become someone who is involved with God. Even if you are sweeping the, the church, some way, somehow, you become very intimately connected to God. You become God's property, somebody God is interested in, somebody God wants, because it is His work. Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers. So the church work is really on God's heart. Amen. And so when you also rise up to get yourself involved, you, you instantly and readily attract God's, God's interest in your life. So anything you, you also desire, God comes in and shows favor. And many times God chooses people who work for Him ten times over people who have no interest in doing God's work. Even to come to this camp, there are many people who could have come. But they didn't come. Because they are not interested. So when you show interest in God's things, He will also begin to show interest in your life. That's why He said, I know thy works. Go back to the scripture again. He said, I know thy works. And so, I, I, I have set before thee an open door. Any door that is closed, God takes a key and opens it for your life. Your personal life, marriage, health, family, children, God also takes your personal problems as his personal problem. And he solves it in a way you would never have solved. I pray that such miracles will come into your life. I said, I pray that such miracles will come into your life. May you have favor with God. Amen. When you go to God and you pray to him for anything, and God looks down and says, who is praying to me? And he sees you as someone who, who is very, very actively working for him, building his work, helping with the church, instantly says, no, this person cares for me. This person loves me. And you see, most of the time, God deals with you, or God, God's, God's attitude towards you depends on your attitude towards him. He always looks at you and how you are to him. Then he also reflects it back to you. He will never even just come and reveal himself to you until he sees that you are seeking him. You are seeking after him. The one who seeks after him, he will find him. He says, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. Most of the time, God, God watches us 
That's why many people are surprised that God doesn't even mind them when they pray. If you read Proverbs chapter 1, you will see that it says some, some people's prayers are an abomination to him. That, that when you have a problem and you pray to him, he will laugh at you. It's in the Bible. Because he sees how you also don't care. You don't care about the work. Church things don't, don't excite you. Some of you, you, you are happy, you are excited, there is energy, there is joy outside the church. But when it comes to the church, I'm even surprised you came for a camp. I don't know how they man maybe, maybe because of the free basin. But normally, you would never even get involved with the church things. Expect God not to also get involved with your life. And many times we think that we are not fools. But God is the fool. He's a fool. You with your very, very <laughs> bad education. Bad. You didn't even pass any exam well. Those you passed were by mistake. No serious company will take your resume. Because when they look at what type of person you are, they wonder why they should employ you. Even you, you think you are not a fool. You are not a fool. But God is a fool. Think about it. That you will not mind God. You will not be interested in Him. Bishop will come and have a camp, plant a church, get you involved, join the church work. You will not be bothered. And then when there's a problem and you go to God, you expect God to just wake up and immediately help you. It is not like that. There are parables Jesus told about children who would not do what they were sent to do. And God knows. He knows about the existence of people in the church who never want to get involved. So if you read Malachi chapter 3, verse 18, he says that, Then shall ye return and consider the difference between the righteous and the wicked. And them that serve him, and them that serve him not. There is always a difference between the people who serve God and the people who don't serve God. There is no way God will let someone who is not planting a church be the same as somebody who is planting a church. He will never do that. He will always make sure that there is a difference. There is a difference between the one who is interested in spite of his personal problems, in spite of his marital issues, financial issues, sometimes health issues. There are people who are pastors but are not well in their body. They are not well. But they, 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 they look beyond their health problems 
and get involved in other people's lives. Because when you are planting a church, what are you doing? Are you just arranging chairs? Are you just renting a hall? When you are planting a church, when you are doing church work, what are you doing? It is people. It is at the end of the day, it is human beings that you are going to visit, you are going to pray for, interact with, counsel. It is, it is human beings. And most of the time, as you are solving the person's problem, you look into your life and yours is even worse. Somebody comes to you and says, Pastor, pray for me. What is wrong? My hair. Meanwhile, you, your, it is your hair and there and them and they. <laughs> but you overlook your own personal problems and you put your hand on somebody's only one place. Meanwhile, yours is five different places. And you put your hand on the person's one place and say, Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Let your blood wash this area. Heal this person's pain. Heal this disease. Meanwhile, you have got five times more pain than the person's pain. But you have overlooked yours to care for someone. Why do you think God will also not overlook many people and sort out your little problem for you? So he says that, when you return, there's eight of Malachi said, there will be a difference between the people who serve God and the people who don't serve God. Anybody here who is involved with the work of God, your branch church, your I mean in the choir, helping to build the church, I'm telling you, God will ensure that you also work in favor with Him. There will be a critical moment in your life. You will see his hand practically in your life. Yeah. He will never let you be the same as the member of your church. That guy who sits beside you on Sunday, who has no interest in helping with the work of the church. God will ensure that there will be a difference between you and that person. He will ensure. Right now you may be broke. Maybe you are looking for a wife you can't find. You are looking for a beloved you can't find. Or your, I mean, many problems. Don't worry. God will sort you out one after the other. One, he will come into different areas of your life and show you that he has seen that you are working for him. That's his favor. He said, I know your works. You know, sometimes when we are doing things for God, we feel that God doesn't know what we are doing. Right now, God knows that I am at a camp with a microphone, speaking through the microphone to over 1,000 people listening to me. He sees everything you do for him. If he can see you fornicating, or, does God see when we fornicate? I don't know. Does he see? Does God see when we steal? Does he hear us when we gossip? He hears us then I can assure you that he sees it when you go to visit a church member. That because of you, somebody comes to church again the following Sunday. He sees it. Some of us think, as for God, he's like a policeman. He, he only looks at your mistakes. He only sees it when you are stealing. He only sees it when you are fornicating. But when you stop fornicating, when you stop stealing, then, then, then he moves to the... To the 
to the next criminal. It's not like that. Anything you do for him, he says, I know. Is that not it? Be assured that God sees what you do for him. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. So we human beings sometimes don't behave even like normal people. Human beings. That we try to seek the favor of human beings. You do anything to please your boss. You do anything to please someone. A human being who falls sick, who dies, who has got rashes. A human being with problems. You will do anything at all just to be in favor with that person. And you don't care about God. From today, it is my prayer that even for this point alone, to have favor with God. Just for that alone, get involved with the planting of a church. That God says, I know your works. That he knows what you are doing. Everything you do, he just enters it into a book. And because of that, he says, I, God, not your uncle, not your father, not even your pastor. I, God, I have set before thee. Some of you, some miracle, some healings you are looking for in your body. It is when you are involved with the church work that one day God may heal you. A situation you have been praying about. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for some works. May this camp trigger a series of works that will take you through the, 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 the rest of your life. Works. Pastoring works. Some of you will begin as a potential shepherd. Shepherd. Lay pastor. Get involved. Get involved. One brother told me that he never wants to spend hours studying for an exam that he will never spend serving God. Anything he gives to Caesar, he will make sure he gives God more than what he has given to Caesar. That's the mind of somebody who wants to please God. And if you are in this room, that must be how your mind works. That everything you do, you ask yourself, have I given something to God? Have I given my energy to God? My time, my life. But when you are a person who, who is only interested in how many extra hours you work in the bank or you work in the, in the school as a teacher, but when it comes to the church, you are a cool, deaf and dumb person then God sees you as a wicked person because he has been very good to you. May he find works that he can reward. Amen. Number two, church planting helps you to go all the way with God. Say all the way. I have always believed that if you don't work for God, there are many parts of the Bible which will not apply to you. A lot of things in the Bible, 
hold no use or meaning to an ordinary pew warmer who just comes to church and goes home. And every Christian must desire to go all the way with God. All the way means anything God wants his child to do, you will do it. All the way means to the end, you will go far to the end, you are with God. All the way in holiness, all the way in purity, all the way in his power, all the way in love, forgiveness. And the greatest motivation to go all the way with God is to involve yourself in church planting. There is, there is nothing else. There is nothing else. If you are not involved with church work, even your prayer life will not be any, any, any serious prayer life. I mean, what is the motivation? Now, now tell me. What is it that will motivate you to wake up at 4 a.m. to pray? What, your exams? Your beloved? Your rent? And most of such people who are looking for things for themselves, their accommodation, their marriage, their healing, Children, pregnancy, myself, and most of them, they don't even pray. They rather look for people to pray for them. People to lay hands on them. They are always seeking for the newest prophet, the newest man of God, always looking for someone to lay his hands on them. The only thing that will cause you to personally pray for four hours every day, two hours every day, one hour every day, is the work of God. What else is there to pray about? For how long are you going to be praying about your pregnancy? For how long are you going to be praying about marriage? I mean, what is the motivation? What is it that will motivate you to live a serious, prayerful life till you die? Most people who are looking for things from God and will even pray themselves... As soon as the thing comes, they stop praying. Because really, it's not God they are looking for. It is a blessing they are looking for. And when they get the blessing, away with God. Because you really don't want God. You see, this is a very powerful point. That to go all the way with God. All the way means that every scripture... You see, when I read my Bible, every scripture in the Bible... Is something I can relate with. I can relate with anything I see. Because the life I live is not just my personal life. I live my life for others. I have a church. I have God's work. And most of the things in the Bible are about God's work. Even there are some promises that many of us use to pray that God will never mind you. It may be in the Bible, but it doesn't concern you. <laughs> it's not everything in the Bible that concerns you. Because God is not a fool. I said, even you, you, you are not a fool. And you think God is a fool. It is only when you serve God that 
a lot of things in the Bible will even be meaningful to you. You, you, you cannot relate. With a, I mean, there is a whole section of the Bible that is crossed to you. If you don't work for if you don't, if you're not into church planting, church work. And you wake up, no weapon, and, and, and you have pastors also who will even pray such prayers for you. Who will make such declarations for you. No weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. Every tongue that arises against you, you condemn. And all this, they don't concern you. They don't concern you. Many people, the weapons that are fastened against them, they will prosper. Yes. Anything, their enemy plans will work perfectly. Because that scripture is for, it is the heritage of servants. Look under the 17 of Isaiah 54. Check your Bible. That, that, that great promise is not for ordinary, uncaring Christians. It is for servants. It is for servants. It is people who serve God. You see, we read it in Malachi 3.18. He said, I will make a distinction. This one serves me. This one doesn't serve me. I will ensure that they are different. God has never treated people the same way. God, read the, he has never, even two people, only two. He will make sure there's a difference. He said, two will be lying down on one bed. One will be selected and picked and taken away. And one will still be snoring. God never treats people the same way. So when somebody is serving him, attending meetings, going for outreach, evangelism, visiting, praying for people, helping to build the church, helping with the crusade, helping with God's work, that is the person that no weapon fastened against him prospers. Read it. Look in your Bible. It, it's like, this is the heritage of the servants of God. You don't want to serve God. I can promise you, weapons will flourish. Because sometimes, as the, as the weapons are released against you, God even modifies them into greater weapons. Read your Bible carefully. Sometimes God joins your enemies against you. Read your Bible well. All the way means that the promises in the word of God should concern you. Anything you read in the Bible, you should be able to relate with it. If you are a pastor, you will be able to relate to any, anything in the Bible. Is it the tabernacle? Is it anointing? <laughs> Is it heaven? Is this forgiveness? Forgiveness? If you're not working for God, what motivation will you have to even pray? Right now as I stand here, I'm believing God that my church will go. I'm believing God that my choir will go. I'm believing God for the healing of somebody that I'm praying for right now. Because I'm praying for for. Uh, to God for all these things. I need to forgive people. Because if I don't forgive, God will not hear me. As I'm preaching on Sunday, I can't stand there and be preaching when I don't talk to somebody. 
So even the work I'm doing as a pastor compels me to act as a Christian. That's what we mean by all the way. All the way means you go far with God if you don't serve Him, if you don't plant churches, if you're not involved with the... With, with, I mean, practically, some of you are here, you are not even a shepherd, but you have come. Maybe you are, you are designed to be a shepherd. Some of you, if it, your pastor thinks that you are working as a shepherd in his church, the church you are in. You are not working. It's just the title. Are you, honest? You, don't, you don't get the point. I'm, I'm saying that your pastor knows you as a shepherd. I asked one shepherd of a choir in my church. I asked her, when was the last time you went to visit one of your choristers? She said, I have not visited anybody before. So as I am there thinking that this person is a shepherd, not a shepherd, not a shepherd. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm saying again that God is not a fool. One way to go all the way with God, as far as you can get to, is to serve Him. Once you serve God, you are going all out with Him. Why? Because His business is church business. God is not building political parties. God is not building universities. He is not even bothered about the people who are sick in the hospital. What God is doing on this planet Earth is the church. He said, I will build my church. If there is anything God is doing on Earth, He is not even stopping wars. I mean, I would have thought that um, nations are fighting against nations. Uh, Presidents of countries are killing their members. I said their members. They are citizens. I would have wished that God in His mercy and kindness would intervene and stop some slaughter and some, and some killing of... I mean, a ferry is sinking. God, just, just one finger. He can, he can prevent the ferry from sinking. From sinking. Just one finger. But it, it, it looks like these things don't concern Him. What is He doing on earth? I'm asking a question. That, what is God doing on earth? He's not healing everybody in the hospital. He's not preventing... As we are here now, we are all looking for a plane which has vanished. A huge plane with 340 whatever people. We can't find it. It's not that we know where it is lying and we can't reach it. We cannot find it. Why could God not just redirect the plane? He's not even stopping civil wars in South Sudan. People are being slaughtered. He's not. He's not. So I'm asking that. So, so what is God doing? I can answer. He's busily building his church. He's busily building his church. And when you also get involved with the church building work, you can now say you are going all the way with God. All the way means anything God wants from his child, you can provide it. 
That's why at the end of the story of the prodigal son, he told the elder brother, who stayed? Who was working on the farm? You remember when he came back, he, he was coming from the farm. When that foolish boy came back with no clothes, no food, dirty, and so, the elder brother was returning from the farm. He stayed and went all the way with the father. I'm not surprised the father looked at his face and said, everything I have is for you. Once again, that is the favor. God always will acknowledge the things you have done for him. There is nothing, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that your labor in the Lord will never be in vain. It's like be steadfast, be unmovable, let nothing move you. Always abounding in the work of lecturing in the university. So, sorry. So, 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 always abounding in the work of caring for patients in the hospital. Sorry. Always abounding in the work of doing community policing. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Look. I'm convinced that God sees what I do for Him. He sees the decisions I take. That favor is kingdom. That is what we mean by going all the way. I tell you, the world we are in now, the current May, what is today's date? Second of May. The the world we are in, in in this very hour, this world, I tell you, there is no place for ordinary church attending Christians. No, 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 no. I can look at your face and tell you that in two years' time, you will not be in the church. Or if you will be in the church, you will be in the church as an unbeliever, as others are. For every congregation, about one-third, at least one-third of them are pure unbelievers who are just practicing part-time Christianity by attending church on Sunday. At minimum, a third are not interested in God. Who attend church for many reasons, including social reasons. Because there are benefits when you join any group. And a church like Lighthouse, when you join a church like Lighthouse, you will enjoy some benefits. But it doesn't mean you are a Christian. The only thing that will cost you one day, if you will die at age 74, 93, 68, 85, the only thing I know about that will keep you in God, in Christ, is when you are working for Him. Ordinary church attendance, look outside the church properly. See the evil in the church. Even, even pastors are being swallowed. Today, there are pastors wearing collar who will officiate the wedding between a man and a man. Pastors. Pastors. Not fetish priests. Christ said, if the days are not shortened, even the very elect, that is, people who have been elected, I mean, the pastors, the, 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 the chosen workers, the very elect will, will slip. It's a very evil world we are in. That's why I pray that God will give me the grace to continue to be a pastor. Some, one pastor said, if he has to pay God to, to, to save him, he will pay him. 
is that bad. The world is that evil. There's so much evil. And the world has blended seamlessly with the church. You can be in the church and not be sure. Sometimes you must pinch yourself and, say, and, and, and tell yourself, I'm in the church. This is church. This is church. Don't worry. This is church. You see a certain type of dress a sister will wear to church. You wonder, am I in a nightclub or am I in a church? A dress. You see a, a, a skirt a sister wears to church. You wonder whether she used a handkerchief to sew the skirt. A handkerchief. We can't tell the difference between the world and the church. What keeps us closer to God is the work we do for Him. What keeps us close? I, I want to encourage everybody here that to go all out for God, you must, you, you must, you must surely get involved with the church work. To die as a Christian in this world, I'm not talking about the 60s. I'm not talking about the 20s. I'm talking about 2014. To continue as a Christian in purity, holiness, loving God, fearing God, having God on your mind, you cannot continue by just being a church member. No, 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 no. No. Ordinary church, forget about it. I started a service in my church recently. Just, in fact, just two Sundays for the young people. Because I, I just realized that these people, the ordinary Sunday morning church service is not enough for them. I just, out of pity, out of concern, the ordinary Sunday morning church service is not enough for these people. Find something else for them. And I've started something that is... is I mean, we are going to go into evangelism, prayer, things, things to build a, a, church, a church service, to give them work to do. There is nothing virtuous about coming to sit in church on Sunday with your beloved or your wife or your wife and two children and three dogs. You are in the church, sit in church, give offering, listen to a sermon, sing one worship song, you don't even understand. The way out... Is church work. Find some three friends. Find some four friends. Say, Charlie, the things which are going on, the things we are hearing, it looks like <laughs> it is a very, very precarious situation we are in. Let us see our pastor to find a place for let us go and start the church. And you, yes, you came to church earlier, so you will be the pastor. Let's go. Let, let us stop sitting in this church and just singing in the choir. Let's go somewhere and, and just find a place and do church business. Plant, let's go and plant a church. Let's go and do outreach. One soul, two souls, three souls. One, one, two, one, three, one, one. Let us go. Let's, let's leave the church and go and start a brand somewhere. Let's get busy. <laughs> 
sure you want to go all the way? Sometimes, when I look at the life certain people live in the church, I cannot by convince myself this person is intending to backslide in six months' time. Your real mind is that in a year's time, you will not be in church. I mean, I cannot imagine how anybody will be in this room and after this camp will not be deeply involved in church work, with the church work. I cannot imagine it. There must be a lot of demons sitting on your shoulder. Now, after this camp, you just go back and it is normal. As, as you were before the camp, nothing has changed. It cannot be. May the Lord help you. May the Lord help you. As for me, my intention is that whenever I die, I must die knowing God and loving God and, and, and being in God 100%. And as I have analyzed the church, as I have sat down melancholically analyzed the church, I realized that I cannot go even one meter with God by being an ordinary church member. That is my analysis. I hope you are also intelligent enough to see it that way. That when you see a lady pastor in the church, when you see a pastor, a lay minister, a reverend, you are seeing a wise person. A wise person. It's not that he doesn't have problems. Or, 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 or he has found all the money he's looking for. No. But when you analyze life and you really love God, and you want to remain with God, you will have no option but to enter, put your two feet into the work of God and let the current sweep you off. Hmm. Number three. Church planting ensures that you've done your homework. And I, and I will say that I'm going to repeat what I said this afternoon. And I say this from my heart. Those of you who are into dancing stars, singing stars, keyboard stars, let's listen. I beg you. You see, the third point is that church planting ensures that you've done your homework. Your homework, that when you go to God, He will ask you about that you are supposed to have done on earth. That homework is not dancing. That homework is not acting place. I'm telling you, anybody who claims even a little love for God, a little love for God will follow the advice Jesus Christ gave Peter in John 21. That if you really love me, then feed my sheep. If you... <laughs> you know, sometimes we can claim we are something, but you really are not. There's a big difference between intentions and reality. And sometimes, if you have a psychiatric condition, that's when you confuse intention and reality. 
Just because you thought about it, you think you've done it. It's also a mental disorder. You can think about God and loving God and desiring God. But your actions don't show that you love God. You desire God. You want to be with Him. The only barometer, the only thing God uses to judge your intentions are your actions. Apart from your actions. I don't know. Because Jesus Christ said, a certain man had two sons. He said to one, go. He said, I go. But he never went. Then he went to the second one. He said, go. And the, he said, I go not. I won't go. But later he went. And Jesus asked the question, which of the two did the will of the Father? Which of the two? Oh, I can't hear you. I really don't. The first one. The one who said, I'll go. The one who, who, who said, I won't go. But later went. So, so the will of God is in your actions. It's in your actions, not in the t-shirt you wear. Not in the things you say. Not in the group you have joined. Your actions, the things you do. If God is going to use anything about you, it's not about your nice words. But if it is words, then the one who did the will of the Father was the guy who said, I will go. If the will of God is, is, is done by just talking, then the one who said, I will go, is the one who did the will of God. But Jesus taught us that. The one who said, I will not go. So, so there was a point where even the words didn't matter. Whether you had even insulted the father didn't even matter. But what you did is what will be used. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, If you love me, then the only action I expect from you is to feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. If you love me. Is it possible that the same yardstick is being applied to us also? Or, or, or South Africans are special. That God will only use what you say and the songs you sing and, and, and how you worship Him. No. No. The real homework. When you stand before God and He is sizing you up and He is judging you, what He is going to use, please, I beg you, let's get it to. It's not going to be the song you sang. It's not going to be whether you were missing South Africa Prepare the way of the Lord T-shirt. You can even wear prepare the way of the Lord panties. I said you can wear prepare the way of the Lord panties. It will not change his standards. He's going to measure you with. And his standards are what did you do? 
It's not the color of the t-shirt. Feed. Feed means that Jeremiah 3.15 Give them understanding. Give them knowledge until you have found yourself with an open Bible sharing from it with somebody else. I doubt whether you can say you love God. Until you have opened the Bible to impart understanding, to help a church member understand why she must pay tithes, to help a brother understand that fornication is not love, to help a sister understand that sleeping with somebody's husband is not equal to helping the man with his marital problems. You are not the one to help him release tension. We need people who will open the Bible and explain to people. That is feeding. In Acts chapter 8, when Philip was translated from Samaria to uh, Gaza Desert, and he saw this eunuch, the man was reading the Bible. If I had gone to see the man, I would have left him. Oh, then this man is born again. Let's go and find people who are smoking Indian hemp. But the Holy Spirit said, Enter the car. Enter the chariot. So he entered. The man was reading. Reading the Bible. Of us don't even read the Bible. You don't have your quiet time every day. But Philip still pressed and asked the man, Do you understand? What you are reading. Some of you even think to be in church means to be dancing. To be in church means to be playing the keyboard. No matter how much pornography you watch, once you are playing the keyboard, you are serving God. Do you understand? Do you understand what it means to be in church? Do you understand what it means to work with God? He has a guy. Do you understand what you are reading? I can see that you are reading something in Isaiah. But do you understand it? The man's answer was a very shocking answer. So one of the most shocking answers in the Bible. So how can I accept someone should explain things to me? Accept someone. And since then, God has been looking for people who will explain things to people. Who will teach people. Who will help people who will not just be in church and be jumping about thinking that is Christianity. But will understand the basic principles and what it means to be a child of God. What it means to be a Christian. Some of you are in church. You are a member of the church. You are in the choir. You are doing things in the church. Meanwhile, you fornicate every other day. It doesn't even occur to you that a Christian girl cannot live that way. It doesn't occur to you. That what you are doing is outside. It is outside God's will. But I don't blame you. Because there's nobody who wants to, who, who will rise up and even visit you in the house. If only there could be a shepherd who will visit such a sister. Then when you go to a house, you'll find her with a guy. And that will be what they mentioned we call a talking point. Something that will bring about a discussion. Who is this girl? Who is this guy? What is he doing in your room wearing boxer shorts? Is he your cousin? Is he your brother? Who is he? 
And as the thing is going on, you realize that, oh, this guy, he works in a bank. And he sleeps with this girl. So the shoes she wears to church and her hair. Some of you, your hair you are wearing. Somebody sponsored it. Something has been done to you to sponsor the hairstyle. But, but you don't know it is wrong. And I don't blame you. You see, people need other, someone who will explain. Explain that this is wrong. You can't do this. Not everybody knows what is right. He said, how can I? I have the Bible. I have it. I have Dick's Bible. I'm reading it. But I can't understand. And that is why it will shock you that somebody is your homework. <laughs> that pray that you don't go and stand in front of God. They will ask you, produce your homework. Then you will produce pictures of your, of your dancing styles. Said, no. Ah, were you not taught that this is no homework? The, your homework, I mean, John, I brought him your way for you to feed him with knowledge. And understanding. John? That guy who became my friend and all I did was to have sex with him three times a week. Father, help us to do our homework. Hey, show us. Have mercy on us. And show us what our homework is. But we are learning here that church planting, when you plant, and it is so true, there can't be anything more true. That when you are involved, see, church planting is directly working on human beings. That is why I am trying. I'm not, I won't even say I am good, not let alone better. I'm trying that in my church there will be nobody tuning sound or behind the video camera who is not or playing drums, who is not doing that as his secondary responsibility. May God help me that there will be people that there will not be somebody playing the keyboard as his only and primary work he came to the church to do. No. That's why I pray that the pastors, after this camp, you are going to organize your members. Organize the people who must go to Ghana. Organize the people who must, uh, who, who, who wants to start churches. And send them. Send them. That may be your homework. You'll be surprised that your 500 member church may not be your homework as much as how many you sent out. Because a church is sized and measured not by its sitting capacity, but by the sending capacity.
How many have been sent outside the church? The sower, we learned it this morning. He went where? To his bedroom. Sorry. To his kitchen. Where did he go? Out. Out. And we are the seed bearers. The seed of the word of God is in our hand. And that work is outside. Outside. The day you stand before God. The scripture we read. Let's read it. Revelations. Oh, Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his workmanship. Hey. Hey. How many of you believe you are his workmanship? Mm. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto what? Unto what? Good works. And what is the good works? Helping a married man to stabilize his marriage. That when he is not happy in the house, he can come to you and... Experience comforts. Is that good works? Jesus Christ, when he was about to be murdered, he looked into the eyes of his accusers. He said, I have been with you in the synagogues, preaching, teaching, and healing. He said, for which of these works do you accuse me? The works in Christ are the works of preaching, and teaching and healing. Anything else apart from that, I cannot judge, I, I, I cannot be sure of your motives for even playing the bass guitar. You could be playing it just to advertise yourself. You'd be amazed why people do what they do in the church. Especially the sisters who sing. It will surprise you. You will not believe it. All these stage things cannot replace the real homework. The fact that you can sing well does not mean you cannot do PVCI. At least in Lighthouse, we have a, a world-class singer who has become a bishop. Bishop Johnny. Yes. He sings very well. But that was not his homework. Don't bring your voice. And also, the voice is not nice, I said, we just clap to make you happy. But it's not really a nice voice. <laughs> Better rise up. Look, as for preaching and teaching, you don't need a good voice, oh. No. Just as you are. <laughs> I didn't have to clear my throat to preach. 
No, 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 no. Just as you are. Just as you are. May the Lord use you just as you are. And as you are being used, may you become a better Christian. The day you stand before God, I tell you, may your homework be 10 over 10. Done. Hey! Hey! There are many exams I never bothered to even pass or fail. I, I wasn't bothered because I knew that there will be remedials. I knew I was, I was... The worst that will happen is that in three weeks' time, I write again. In six months' time, I write again. Oh. But this exam that is going to come, this particular homework, if you fail it, there are no remedials. That is when you would have wished that you, you had read the instructions well. This camp is to explain the instructions to you. That it is not one uh, question one and three others. It is question one and four others. That is what this camp is about. To explain the instructions God is giving to us. That it's not just being in church. It's not even just attending a camp. It's not even just being a shepherd and having the title. But it is actually rolling up your sleeves and getting involved and practically changing lives. That's why I love the church. The church is the only avenue that makes it possible for you to do your homework. Yes. The souls God is going to require from you. Read it. Read it. In Ezekiel. Read it in Jeremiah. It's the church. The souls you are going to answer for one day. And you will answer. I said, you will answer. Because even with you, as a laborer in God's vineyard, the laborers are still few. Or you understand? Let me say it again. I said, even with you, as Lady Reverend Pastor Shepherd, even with you in the church, still, the laborers are still few. So as for God, he he counts you as a laborer. And your list is there. May May you have the vision of your list. May you have the vision of the names on your list. Because ah. when you go and stand in front of him, and he says, Charlie, where, where is this? Oh, this person is here. This person, ask this person. Answer for this. I put you in charge of this. This one is here. But it's not the time to say, what list? List what? Oh, the, the dancing styles. As soon as you say dance, the Peter will just stop. Pa, 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 pa. Then your mind will. Because Peter smarten is slapping. Smarten. Whether it is heaven or evil, you just slap. Father, help us to do our homework. You are around for a particular work. May you have a revelation of that work. And may you seize every opportunity. That is why the church, planting of a church, is what gives you the opportunity to do your homework. Ah! Lord have mercy. 
Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. The day you stand before God, I don't know whether people urinate, at least, even if you don't urinate inside heaven, at the gate there, I'm sure you can urinate. May you not discolor your trousers. As you are standing there, you see, the flies are gathering. Flies from where? Because of you. You, you have poo-pooed on yourself. Just out of shock. But may you stand Hebrews 13, 17. May you answer with boldness. May you just, yes, the list. Yes, Peter, what the, yes. These 500 people, oh, this is this. This is this. This one. This one, I went to put, he beat me up. He's in hell. This one is this. This, this is a shepherd. This one. 500. He finished. Peter said, congratulations. Enter. May you be congratulated as a faithful, as a good person. May you say, enter, enter now. Into my rest. Hmm. Number four. Church planting keeps you conscious of eternity. Did you know that many people don't have heaven on their mind? Heaven. So once again, Pastor, why are you saying this? I can tell you why I'm saying this. If heaven is on your mind, your behavior will be different. There is a way a person behaves when heaven is on the person's mind. When hell is on the person's mind. There is a way you will behave. And when you are doing church work, you are working on souls. And anytime you are dealing with souls, heaven is the next thing you think about. Heaven. Unless you are just doing the church work to enrich yourself. Or to gather people to, to, to choose a potential beloved. And when you get a beloved, you just leave the flock. But if you are really caring for them as God's flock, heaven will be on your mind. There is no way you will not care for the flock of God without having heaven on your mind. And church planting, church work, makes you conscious of eternity. There are many of us who, who don't even think about hell. You lie freely. <laughs> you insult your pastor behind his back freely. You insult your lady pastor freely. You have joined two orangus who have left the church. Only common sense brought you back into the church. There is nothing you do with heaven on your mind. If heaven was on your mind, my sister, I'm telling you, heaven, heaven is on your mind, you will, there's no way you will remove your panties the way you did last week. All the girls that guy slept with, he removes the panties himself. But as for you, you removed it for him. 
Because as for you, it is only church which is on your mind. And of course, if church is on your mind, once the pastor is not in the room, <laughs> there's no pastor. There's no shepherd. It's only the two of you. Because you cannot think beyond church. Oh, you, 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 you didn't hear the point I made. I said, you cannot think beyond church. Once there's no pastor around, some of you, some parties you attend. Some parties. When, when you are with your people partying and dancing to unbeliever music, heaven is not on your mind. That's not what you think about. No! We should see, I thought we should see you. Gyrating. You know how to party with unbelievers. I mean you. You are in the church now. You have to come. Because heaven is not on your mind. That is why when you are in a room with a guy or a girl, once there's no pastor there, there's no shepherd, when you are about to steal some money, once there's no pastor, there's no shepherd, you are, you are okay. If, if pastor were to be there, then you will say, stop it, I'll tell pastor. But once there's no pastor, heaven is not on your mind. But Joseph also was, with, was in a room with a woman. Yes. A young boy with red hot blood. He was also in a room with a woman whose skin is nicer than these ones with rashes. Potiphar's wife. It's not this type of skin. Inspect the skin, the pimples, rashes, or the Potiphar's wife. You remember when Esther was going to see the king? If you just to see the king, one year, six months of herbs, herbal skin treatment. Six months. No, read your Bible. Herbal skin treatment. Six months. She will soak her skin in hot water with herbs, massage with herbs from January to June 31st or 30th. Then July 1st to December 31st is oil. My God. Oils. Different types of oils. After one year, Esther's skin was like marble. That was Potiphar's wife. The one the man with testosterone set his eyes on such a skin, he will melt. But not Joseph. Beyond the room, he had heaven on his mind. He said, it may be just you and I. And your skin is nice. I mean, look at your breast. This, this breast, we don't see some in town. But still, I will never touch it because heaven is on my mind. I will never do this and sin against God. But as for you, you can watch pornography in your room tonight after the camp. I shouldn't say these things. Sir. Father, let heaven be on our mind. Oh, I tell you, if heaven was on your mind, you would be a different person. You would be different. 
You pray for mercy every day. You do the right thing. You try to do the right thing. But if heaven is not on your mind, oh, Charlie, let's be happy. After all, what? Nonsense. Number five. Number five. Why should you get involved in church planting? Why? Because you were created to be more than just a good person. Listen. Almost, listen, always find yourself in a very dangerous territory when you begin to use your goodness, your good works. You are a good person. You, you, you are a school prefect. You look like a school prefect. You don't commit abortions. You don't fornicate. You don't do this. You don't do that. Listen, please. In as much as all these are virtues, before God, they are like filthy rags, as Isaiah tells us. What really gives you a place before God is not of your works per se. It is by the grace of God through faith. It is grace, grace, grace. And Paul said, where grace abounded, where I had grace, I labored even more abundantly. We are not, let me tell you, let me say that, if we were looking at being a good person, then a lot of unbelievers are better than most of us here. Yes. I, I personally know of unbelievers at least I know one person who doesn't go to church. But he doesn't smoke, drink, fornicate. Very, I mean, brought up very well. I saw such people in school who attend scripture union, but they are good. They are good. They are better people. When we are talking about a good person who doesn't do A, B, C, D, many of them are in the world. There are many people who don't go to church, but they live a certain upright life for whatever reason. So don't, don't be satisfied with your non-fornication, non-committing abortion, non-this, non-that. When you stand before God, it is the homework you were supposed to do. Not that you did not fornicate. I'm a good person. What do you mean by good? Somebody tried to call Jesus good. He said, don't call me good. Only God is good. Don't begin to use, and, and sometimes also I think that when we begin to use things you have not done before and so on, you didn't fornicate, you've not stolen, you've not killed anybody and so on. Sometimes you, you forget that Jesus Christ came to give a, a brand new set of standards that you do not need to remove your underwear to sleep with a girl before you fornicate. Just by looking. And some of you, from Wednesday when we came for this camp, 
up to now, you have committed about 16 fornications with your eyes. I'm not the one saying it is Jesus Christ. Especially the guys who are at the back. When the sisters are passing and coming to sit down, to whom to? To whom for? To whom? You are just at the back looking at people, at, at, at hips and buttocks and thighs and shapes. If you are really interested in the camp, move from the back and come forward. Because you have not fornicated, you say you are a good person. No. When you stand before God, I tell you, he said, he said don't, don't say because you have not taken a knife to kill somebody, you have not made it. Say, anybody who hates, just by hating someone, the standards of God, it is by His mercy and by His grace. Oh. Don't bring yourself and say you are a good girl, you are a virgin. What, what type of virginity are you talking about anyway? Some of you sisters who have not had sex with a man, the things your mind has done, you might as well call yourself a prostitute. You see a young guy say, I'm a virgin. It is true. It is very true. You have not slept with anybody before. Even at your age, 22. You've not slept with any girl. I know that. I know you. But your mind, why your mind has entered? The work you have done, you have done with your mind, you might as well have used your hands or your legs. Or Your mind has done over time. Your, your, your mind is tired. So don't just come and stand and say, I'm a good person. I'm a, I'm, I'm a virgin. I'm a, I'm a nice virgin girl. I've not slept with anybody. I love Jesus. When, when your pastor is preaching cry, you are falling in love with the pastor. You have undressed your pastor. You are in a room with the pastor. You have become pregnant with the pastor. He has left his wife and come to marry you. You have got three children with the pastor. By the time the service ends, you are a grandmother with the pastor. And he thinks he's just preaching. You have, done, you, you have had your wedding, engagement, everything. You have had your children. The firstborn has delivered. You have gone to take care of the child. You are a grandmother. You have finished all the... By the time we are sharing the grace, you are a grandmother. One church service. That a visiting preacher came to preach. Shia. Don't bring yourself. All these things I'm talking about, I've not even mentioned offerings, a, a, a tithe that you have chopped. Tithe. Tithe. You, you never pay tithe. And you are using virginity. This is your fake virginity. Virginity. Four years ago, what was that brother's finger doing there? Nonsense. Virgin.
tell your neighbor, Charlie, let us find some church work to do. The thing, it looks like we can't bring our goodness. And we can't bring anything. It is by grace, just by grace and the mercy of God. That's why we are pastors. It's not because we are great guys, but we are clean and we are neat and we are perfect. We, it is imperfect ministering to imperfect. Don't bring yourself. The only way out is church. That's why we are serving God. For adventure one day, we may have some mass to say, Charlie, you, you, you did this, you did this. It's wax. It's a, it's a blessed are those who die in the Lord. Henceforth, their works. Their works. Virginity. The only proper virgins are on the airport. Virgin Atlantic. Virgin Nigeria. Virgin... The, the, the proper virgins in the world at the airport, not in the church. Shia virgin like you. Shia. You may be a virgin with your vagina, but your breast, the, the things people have done with your breast, you say you are a virgin. Don't start. Put it away. Let's try to live pure. Let's try to keep our temples holy. But we have said it is the church work. What we have done, the, the, the visitation, the comforting ministry, the feeding ministry, helping someone to know God, opening the Bible, explaining scriptures, preaching the word of God, helping someone to know Jesus, rebuking someone who didn't come to church and tell the person that I, I give you 5% for not coming last week. Today, uh, uh, tomorrow we are going to church. Those are the things which are going to earn us some, some small marks to allow us to enter. You are using virginity to enter where? Do the right thing. Believe God. Obey the, 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 the way. Live pure. Right, wrong. Follow the king. But don't go and stand before God with your holiness and with your things you didn't do. You've forgotten many things. You've forgotten. It seems you've forgotten many things. Charlie, 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 Charlie. Let us all decide that we are going to do church work. Planting up that, Charlie, it is, it is going to help us on that day. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm sharing this with you personally. Between you and I, I tell you, let us try and get involved. Let's, 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 let's help. Let's build. Let's reach out. Let's witness. Let's do something. For, at, at least that one, we are sure that those works is the only way out. I beg you. Don't sit here. You were a former school prefect. You never cheated in any exam. All those things. I tell you. You'll be surprised that God's standards are very, very high. Very high. Sit down. Why should we plant churches? Number six. Are you there? Oh, I can't hear you. I said, are you there? We plant churches, we get involved with church planting because it helps us 
to overcome our personal problems. And we have them. Some things I was worrying about as I was sitting here. I am glad I had the chance to share and to say something for these few minutes. I have forgotten my problems. When I go to sit down, I will be more charged and more anointed and more encouraged that even those problems will not mean much to me anymore. You see, there is a way when you can use your mind to blow up small problems to become like mountains. Because you are doing nothing. All you are doing is sitting idly in the corner and, and using imaginations. That's why many wives are, 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 are convinced that their husbands are sleeping with this girl or that girl. Meanwhile, the husband is doing nothing like that. But you see, you are not, you are not busy for God. You can sit down and imagine. Imaginations. Husbands are imagining what their wives are doing. Whilst I imagine you are using your mind and, 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 and expanding your problems. But when you get involved, when you get involved, I tell you, one of the greatest blessings is that, you see, um, let me tell you something. Can I say something? You see, you, you remember when I went to places, some of it's private. It's private. Somebody has problems. He says he doesn't remember. He can't even have anything to say. You know, when you measure, when you go into his house and you see the things he is carrying, you won't believe it that this man says that he can't, he can't remember anything. The truth is that it is not easy to have access into somebody's life. Everybody guards his perimeter. And in this life, you need to know what somebody is going through to help you to even think properly about your own problems. If you don't know what somebody is going through, you may think that what you are going through is the worst that ever happened in essay. That is why access to somebody else's life is a privilege. To be able to get someone to tell you her problems. It's a privilege reserved only for people who dare to care for others. And as you live your life, you, you, it is important because some of us are going mad. Some of you want to commit suicide. You want to give up. Because when you think of your problems... You can't believe that there is somebody with worse problems. Yes. There's a story of a man who lost everything except his underwear. He believed God, trusted God for help. Nothing. No answer. No, nothing. He said, no, I can't continue living like this. I've lost everything. The only thing left is my underwear. I have to commit suicide. He climbed the tree. Tied the rope. Tied the noose up there. Seconds before he put his neck into the noose, somebody called from down there. Sir! Sir! Excuse me, sir! When the man looked down, a naked man 
was standing down. Said, I can see you want to kill yourself. Please remove your underwear and bring it to me down here. Before you, you, you can go to hell if you want to go to my, just bring your underwear. I'm naked. I need an underwear to live my life. The man looked down at the naked man, checked his underwear, and descended from the tree. Because he could not believe that somebody had the worse problem than his only underwear he had. But there is somebody suffering worse things in his life than what you think you are suffering. That you think God hasn't been good to you. If God was to show you what somebody is suffering and is even preaching with it, you'll be cool. You'll bless God. When you serve God, you are confronted with people's problems. When you care for people, I tell you, sometimes some things I hear, I, I get shocked. Do, do such problems exist? Hey, I've, I've just thought of one. I can't even say it. People have problems. When I hear about people's problems, eh, my issues, I, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm living on uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard. But when you have not seen somebody's problems, you think yours is the worst. And also, when you get involved with the work of God, even without hearing about somebody's problems, the work of God itself, as you are buried in it working, I tell you, it has a way of fading away the issues of your life that somebody else is sitting down and allowing the weight of it to destroy her. Yes. Are you listening to me? When you get involved with church planting, your problems fade. Because as for problems, eh, I tell you, there is nobody you will see who doesn't have problems. When you see your pastor on Sunday preaching, it's not because he has finished solving his problems, but he's believing God that God will take care of his problems as he takes care of God's business. That's all he's doing. He's just believing God. People singing, dancing, and so on. I tell you, people have problems. So you too, with your problems, find something to do in the house of God. Especially those of you who have spent years, years of your life solving problems which haven't been solved anyway. Because the truth is that, let me tell you, I may, I may sound very some way. But I'll tell you, some of your problems, they won't, they won't be taken away. No, I'm telling you, just between the two, you will live with it. You can clap. You can choose not to clap. It's, I'm telling you. I don't want to step down to come to you. God will remove some problems. But some things in your life, eh, they will be there. If God did it to Paul, he will do it to you. Better learn to adjust yourself and move on and serve God 
better learn. Because some things, eh, whether you serve him or you don't serve him, whether you pray or you don't pray, they will be there. Yeah, they will be there. They will be there. <laughs> they will be there. Satan will use those problems to minister hopelessness. Satan will use those problems to minister uselessness. That you are useless. You are whatever. But when, in spite of those problems, you serve God. Think about it. When you sing in church, or you dance in church, or you do things that people clap for you. Where in this world will people clap for you? Sometimes you come to church depressed, but you do something, and your pastor says, well done. Just that well done gives a feeling. I'm not that useless. That's why pastor, we must encourage the people who serve. Encourage them. Send them text messages. When they text you, text back Text something encouraging. You are the only person who can help them come out of because the world we are in, eh, some, some people in their families, wherever, they, they are made to feel useless. Useless. Some of you are here, you have never had even, even, even oh. no, nobody has even sang happy birthday to you before. Except that boyfriend who gave you three pregnancies. But in the church, if God gives you a good pastor, you will be celebrated. You will be loved. Forget about your birthday. But as you serve God, and you do things right, when you sing, we clap for you. All these things, eh, the opportunity to do something for God. The opportunity I have to go through points with you. They are, they are helping me fade certain problems away. Because the truth is that whether I come and do the points or I'm sitting down, the problems are still there. But it impacts. You see, everybody say impacts. Impact is the word. It's not the problem. No. It's the impact you allow it to have on you. Because some people have the same problem and they have not allowed it, those problems to affect them. Because they are doing something of a far higher value. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. A small boy. Even the parents thought he was lost. He said, oh, don't worry. I'm doing something better. Do something better. When you serve God, when you build the church, your personal problems, eh, I tell you, God has a way of fading them. He will fade your problems. And when I even think of the first point, the favor you have with God, sometimes as He's fading them, is sending your miracle to you. As he's fading them, he's blessing your life. Sometimes, sometimes, the problem is still there. It's not gone. The issue is still there. But God blesses you in a certain way. 
with a blessing that far outweighs the impact of that problem. The joy from God's blessing neutralizes the, the, the pain from that challenge. And, and, and the net effect is that you are encouraged and you are happy. And your friends ask, about, ah, are you not the one with this problem? I'm the one. But there's something far higher. I have found needs that you don't know about. I beg you. I beg you. Let the work of church planting handle your personal problems. Yeah. Let it, let, let, let the joy. You know, when you read Luke 7, the, the, the 70 guys, they returned with, uh, uh, 10, sorry, 10. The, the 70 guys, they returned with joy. We call it the joy of the harvest. Everybody say the joy of the harvest. If there's anybody here who has done soul winning, you have witnessed before. You realize that when you talk to someone and you pray the sinner's prayer with the person and you turn and you are walking towards home, there's a certain joy no money can give. There's a certain fulfillment no, no, no food can give. That's what we call the what? The what? The joy of the harvest. So the 70, they returned with joy. And I'm saying that when you are doing church work, eh, that joy, the joy of seeing souls grow up. And when I see certain people who are pastors, that many years ago sat in my church, I preached to them as secondary school boys and girls. Today are missionaries, are pastors. The joy I get it eclipses any pain and any sadness I have at any point in time. Oh, yes. May you one day see someone who is a pastor and feel joy that this is the guy I went to visit. This is the guy I prayed for. That this guy is still, even if he's not a pastor, he is still in church because of of my, my interventions by the grace of God. The joy that will bring you, I tell you, no beloved can give you that joy. As of problems. And also there's something about problems. Can I say something about problems? Yeah. One of the things I've seen is that sometimes when, if there are some problems, you should even pray they don't go. Because it looks like when those problems are solved, new ones come which are wilder degrees and wilder. I mean, the nature is more disturbing and more bewildering and more embarrassing than even the one before. You, I mean, you would wish that, Charlie, I think I, I prefer the previous one. Because on this earth, there is no way you, you, you will be without problems. There's no way. Even angels have problems. Do you know their problems? When we send them going on errands, this is a problem for them. They, 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 are, they, are, they are our messengers. They are always going on errands. Go and do this. 
go and sort this out. This, that. We are always sending them. We are always being sent. Some people don't like to be sent. I'm sure there are some angels who don't like to be sent. Everybody has problems. The point I'm making is that once you are on earth, you will have issues. So better find something that will give you joy. Yes. Better generate more of the joy of the harvest. Better generate more of the joy of seeing people doing well in the church. I mean, think about it. That you see someone and the person is in church because of you. Recently, I was in Liberia and I saw one of my old church members in church serving the pastor. I mean, she even a lay minister. When I saw her, I was so happy. I called her. I said, you, do you remember the first time you came to church in, in Ghana? I mean, you know, during the war, Liberians came to Ghana. You know, they came to Ghana for some years. So she came to my church. The first day I saw her, a girl, she was dressed like a rapper. Chains around her neck, silver chains, golden chains, with, with rings, um, some, I mean, she looked like a prostitute. But she sat in church Sunday after Sunday. Today, she's wearing skirt suits, serving God in the church. Oh, even that I, I am happy. I am happy as I'm talking now. I'm happy. I'm happy. There's a joy that comes from establishing a soul. There's a joy that comes from sharing Christ with someone for the person to surrender. And even, the joy is even wilder. When you go to pick the person to church on Sunday, and the person is ready with a Bible in his hand, waiting to go to church with you. Ah! Tell me, what feeling comes near this lottery? You win one million dollars, begin to worry about armed robbers. Father, help us. To minimize our personal problems. Oh, give us something bigger and better to chase after. Give us something bigger and better to do with our lives. Show us where the real treasure is. You taught us that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure and went and sold all. Nothing in his life. Compared to the treasure he found, give us the treasure of souls, the treasure of caring for people, the treasure of loving God's flock. May, may, may it totally outweigh any problem we will ever have. May our personal issues fade away, Lord. Grant us that we will, we will live our lives joyfully, with joy, in spite of problems that others have and cannot even get out of bed. We have wilder ones, but we are on the streets. 
by the by the by the hedges and byways, preaching the word of God, planting churches, caring for souls, in spite of our problems. We are serving God in spite of our issues. We are praying for people. When we ourselves we need prayers, but we are praying for people. Grant us, Lord, that a, a greater joy, a greater joy will eclipse all these problems that are causing others to faint. May we be great. May we run. May we press on because of the work of building your church. Thank you, Jesus, that you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow! I'm excited. I'm excited. Because as for the problem, we will have it all the time. But there is something called the joy of the harvest. That is what that point is talking about. You have joy. Your, 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 your problems fade. Somebody can't get out of bed. Out of depression. A foolish boy broke her heart. Something that should even cause her to be happy. Because she herself is foolish. She can't see that this boy who was going to bring me gonorrhea and HIV, who has, who has left me, is rather a blessing. She is depressed. But as for you, as for you, no beloved, nobody has proposed. Men see you like a boy. It's okay. It's okay. We are serving Jesus. I said, one day, one day, the right person will stand before your face and say, Hi, baby. Hi, baby. It seems you are the one for my destiny, baby. Glory to God, baby. Are you not excited? Isn't church work something better to do with your life? Oh, Mimo, I, I tell you, if after this camp, you don't enter into church planting, church work, oh, my, I, 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 I'll be disappointed in you. God will be surprised. God will be surprised. God will be surprised. But there's a blessing coming to us. So there's a blessing coming to us. One of the greatest blessings you will have in life is a problem that is there, but it is not keeping you down. Because you have a greater joy in serving God. Hey! Your friends are asking, Ah, but are you not supposed to be sad? Are you not supposed to be in your room crying? In my room crying? For what? For what? That I failed an exam? For what? That somebody has left me. For what? Tell the person, I've got something better to do with my life. Something better to do with my life. Yes. Whether you are young or you are old, something better to do with your life. That's why I, those guys, I expect them, no matter your age, you can be a pastor at age 18. You don't need to be 46 before you become a pastor. You can be, you can be a pastor at age 20. After all, when you were 15, haven't you committed three abortions already? The things you know, at, or you knew at age 15. Why can't you be a pastor at age 22? I'm asking the question, why? 
And when Bishop was praying, he talked about an army of young people God is releasing over the face of South Africa. Hey! And when I look in the army, I see your face in that army. I said, I see your face in that army. I see you fighting in that army. My God! You are fighting in the army. You are doing great things in that army. Never bring I am young. Yeah. And I will advise you, as young as you are, try to get into the work early. Otherwise, by the time you are 40 years, your heart would have been soldered, cellotaped, glued, nailed. What? Stitched. Stapled. The day I saw in the news that the foreign minister of Austria, just Austria, foreign minister is a 27 year old boy. Right now, Google it. Some 27 years old. He's a foreign minister of Austria. I said, my God, my young people in my church are going to become ministers as well. <laughs> 27. It's a foreign minister. Going to Germany, Angela Merkel, he, he talks to David Cameron, 27-year-old lanky boy. He's a foreign minister of Austria. I see you preaching to 100 people on Sunday morning. I see you starting churches and building, planting churches. Father, help us. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together and welcome Bishop. Wow. Is it powerful? 27-year-old foreign minister. Yeah. That is Secretary of State. Is the equivalent of um, Hillary Clinton and um, Henry Kissinger and um, Colin Powell. That's a job. That's foreign minister. Some of you don't know what it means. Kerry. Yeah. The highest post after president and vice president is a foreign minister. 27 years, and, and you, an experienced sexual machine at the age of 22. <laughs> experienced sexual machine at the age of 22. You are giving excuses why you should not be a pastor. <laughs> Sit down. You want to watch a film? Huh? Okay. Well, which country do you want to watch? Sierra Leone. Okay, I'll show you Ghana, Ghana, Ghana. Turn off the lights, please.
Turn off the lights. All the lights first before we start. You know why I'm showing you the videos? Because I want you to be encouraged to be part of the work of God. It's a great thing. Amen. It's a great thing to be part of the work of God. 